Welcome to Auto Success, the podcast, where each week we present ideas, tips, and strategies from automotive industry leaders that you can put to use today for your sales success. Now here's your host, Thomas Williams. Welcome listeners. Today on Auto Success, the podcast, we're speaking with Chase Abbott, the Vice President of Sales for Vin Solutions and DealerTrack F&I, both part of the Cox Automotive family of brands. We'll be talking with Chase about dealership staffing challenges and opportunities. Welcome to the podcast, Chase. It's a pleasure to speak with you. We thank you for your time today. Thank you. Appreciate you having me. For sure. Let's start off this podcast as we always like to with our auto success under the hood question. Since it's your first time with us, simply tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in this industry. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So, you know, I think I'm a little bit unique in that I actually started uh, while I was in college in the retail uh, car business. Uh, Started as a salesperson and then they came to me and said, well, you can type, you know, why don't you uh, be our internet manager? So I uh, went into uh, internet, did finance for a couple years as well, and then left um, left the dealership when I was at GSM to get involved with a little startup called uh, Vin Solutions back in 2008. And I uh, have been in that game and uh, for just about 10 years now, a little over 10 years. And uh, I run sales for Vin Solutions as well as dealer track F&I. So uh, being able to sit on both sides of the fence kind of gave me some unique perspective into the vendor world as well as the retail car business. We appreciate you sharing that background with us, Chase. Thank you. And now on to today's topic, dealership staffing and the challenges and opportunities that come with that. Uh, What is the current state of the automotive industry and how is it impacting dealerships? 2008, we all know we had the recession. We saw sales climb, uh, however, after that for seven straight years, and we did 17.5 million uh, new vehicles in the U.S. in 2016. And then obviously in 17, we all know this, we plateaued, and 18 not looking much better uh, or another plateau year kind of again. So the thing that take away from this is that margin compression is here. Um, it's a real thing. When that happens and the Internet you know, drives so much data into the consumer's hands now, it's, a, it, it's definitely a, a revolving now, not around, am I getting a better deal here? Am I getting a, a better deal there? But it's really about customer experience. And how long does it take me to buy a car? Do they have all the pictures online? Am I going to be able to save some time by doing some of the shopping online? And then when I go into the dealership, am I going to feel comfortable uh, that my data is secure? Am I going to feel comfortable that where I left off online is going to be picked up in store and they're not going to waste my time? So we need to stay super relevant to the customer by in- installing you know, relevant tools and relevant talk tracks that we can really you know, dial in on what the customer wants to hear. And then ultimately when they come in, provide that experience that they're expecting. Uh, and, and ultimately sync up with if they were doing anything online, not to have them start over. Because, you know, there's nothing worse when you call tech support and you explain your whole problem and then they transfer you to another department and you have to say the whole problem again. We want to alleviate that in the dealerships and, and use the customer experience as your guide will really help in that arena. And Chase, how are employee retention issues hurting dealerships? So, you know, more than most people don't even know this, I think in the dealership world, I didn't uh, when I was in it, but uh, half of your your gross profit uh, that you make every month goes to payroll. Uh, So avoiding these, you know, issues is just not sustainable. So 
to give you a little bit of a baseline on, you know, how big of a problem this is, because it's often camouflaged in a dealership. I mean, nobody's talking about this, but we ran a, a study with Cox Automotive in 2017, a staffing study, and we found an average turnover rate for dealership employees of 40%. Now, if you've narrowed that down and you look at just salespeople, we're seeing a turnover rate of 67% for salespeople. So two out of every three you hire are going out the back door. And and I think the tradition-based mentality sometimes of the car business just tells you that's okay. Because a previous manager said, well, that's just how the car business is. And you know, I'm here today to say it doesn't, it doesn't have to be that way. Um, the average cost in that same study we looked at, you know, what's the average cost of a new hire? And we, we narrowed it down right to about $10,000. So you're looking at an average cost of ten k per new hire. So let's say an average dealership has 30 salespeople. I mean, if you've got two out of every three going out the back door, that's about two hundred k a year that you're losing just based off staffing. Now, that doesn't even take into account the customer experience that is suffering because of this revolving door type dealership. Um, and that really impacts the bottom line even more so than the 200K just from the staffing hiring front. So dealerships really need to look at this with a fresh set of eyes and be proactive about solving the problem you know, before these numbers keep escalating and just really impact the, the business's bottom line. And how can those dealers be proactive and get ahead of those issues, Chase? So a couple of things. I mean, in order for them to be more, more proactive – You've got to look at a few things. Number one is hiring. Um, do, is there a process now? Do you get buy-in from multiple department heads before you before you hire a salesperson, before you hire a parts counterperson? Um, are you using any tools uh, like a caliper, if you will, to do pre-employment culture testing uh, and, and personality profiles so you can see if they're going to fit what you're looking for? The other thing I would say is, there needs to really be an active culture around training in the dealership and a progressive one, meaning that it keeps going. I tell you, a lot of times folks will get real high up on training. They'll do it. And then a couple months pass and we're right back into the abyss and everybody's forgotten everything. And there's no process to consistently, consistently train uh, and stay on the cutting edge as far as your product that you're selling. The last thing I would say would probably be culture. I mean, are you are you having discussions around that word in your dealership? Is there somebody in charge of that for your dealership? Um, are you asking the staff what what they need, you know, around things like hours, training, professional development? Are you doing quarterly check-ins with them to find out uh, what you need to go fix? Uh, a lot of times, you you can just approach it like that and be humble about it. Um, and, and, and go to the source and see exactly what needs to be fixed in order to get this store, uh, you know, somewhat self-sustaining and self-correcting, which is ultimately nirvana for a dealership. Uh, you know, when problems arise in a good culture, a good progressive store, a lot of those problems will be isolated and fixed by salespeople, other salespeople uh, that have bought into the culture. And a lot of times those issues that normally just park on a manager's desk don't even make it there. Because everybody is drinking the Kool-Aid and everybody believes in what we're trying to do. So those are three of the big, the big blocks, I would say, would be staffing, uh, training, and then ultimately your culture. And is there a champion in charge of that and a process to ensure that that keeps going? 
with your experience, can you give us some examples of some forward-thinking initiatives which dealers can can ask of their employees to help them engage better with their customers? So these are going to be different for, you know, everybody's a snowflake in this when it comes to customer experience and their market. But I would use these principles, and I would reverse engineer the issues. And what I mean by that is go survey your staff or managers around what the problems are that they've experienced in the last month or quarter that cost them a deal or cost them gross on a deal, in their opinion. And by doing it this way, we're starting with isolated problems first and the biggest ones, the lowest hanging fruit. Uh, Then you can figure out, you know, what's the best way to remedy this problem or make a process change that alleviates it from happening again? And the best place to go to that, you know, for that data is your own sales staff. So this can be done by a save a deal meeting, however you want to do it, but reverse engineer the issues. And let's start with the biggest ones first. As some of those problems uh, are identified, instead of just showing up in the factory OEM survey, which a lot of times is what will happen, you won't know that there was a problem on that deal necessarily until you get the survey and then it's too late. Uh, so for the second idea, you know, I would set up a process around reviewing each survey with the goal of finding trends in that data. And then once you discover the, the trends and what's going on, you can sh- shift or adjust the process that you have uh, for how you communicate around surveys or customer experience. And then ultimately, if it's an isolated problem with just one individual salesperson where we keep getting low sc- scores on you know, X question, then we can coach or we can train uh, around that if it's a specific problem. The, the thing is, you got to be watching the clock to know when it's time to do that. So those are a couple of the things I would say. Reverse engineer the problems. And then ultimately, stand up a process that gets ahead of that OEM survey, which, you know, is involved in so much uh, money in a lot of months and a lot of OEMs. There's money around that CSI score. So this is very, very important for your bottom line in that regard, but also the kind of customer experience that you're providing, which ultimately is responsible for the bottom line. Chase, what are some steps or tactics dealerships can use to help fuel retention? So there's three key areas uh, around dealerships that they need to focus on, in my opinion, increase rates. One would be they need to evaluate the work with the employees on their basic needs and how it impacts their work experience, their culture, their hours. So a lot of times I'll see dealerships that have the folks come in at 8 in the morning and they get to leave at 8 at night. And that's not a good way to have a good work-life balance. It's not a way to build a culture because you're constantly running folks into the ground. I mean, when I used to leave my dealership sometimes on my day off, it was during the week, I almost feel like belittled uh, that I couldn't go, you know, people were questioning why I'm not there making more money. And at the same time, it needs to be prioritized and you need to make sure that you're not running your horses into the ground. Um, Two, I think dealerships really need to empower the staff. You need to look at the vendors that you have installed, and why I say that is because of the integration. Uh, If I'm typing a customer's name and address seven times into seven different systems to do a deal, that's not conducive to the customer experience. And if I learned anything in the car business, it's that time kills deals. So we really want to give that streamlined first click all the way to delivery and over the curb. Uh, experience to that customer, not only digitally, but when they come into the showroom floor as well. And then finally, uh, you know, utilizing the, the technology, the CRMs, the websites, the reporting to maintain the structure and make sure that the culture is sticky and something that people, it, it does as good a job attracting folks as it does retaining them. 
So ultimately, there's consistency with your staff. I mean, if you're constantly turning it over all the time, you're never going to get there. You're just never going to get there because it's you're starting over with your staff every single month or two months or three months. And it's just it's a learning curve and it, it, it takes time for that buy in and time for that adoption. So utilizing that technology and, and, and surveying the staff and making sure that, you know, you're doing what they need. And it's not just what you think. Uh, you're making them part of the solution, uh, which gets much, much better buy in long term. And finally, Chase, what one idea would you like to leave with our listeners today? Uh, so maybe we'll change idea to challenge and, and I want to challenge them today. So I, I want to challenge yourself, you know, in the status quo. I mean, automotive just has so much runway on this culture front. And, and I think we all need to sit down and realize that, you know, two thirds of our sales staff leaving, you know, just isn't a metric that is sustainable, uh, traditions, uh, very good things, right? Um, all, all the great traditions we we do every day, every year, but when they become antiquated, uh, we we just can't use them as a crutch. We can get nostalgic about them, but we can't use them as a, a as a principle in which to make decisions when when they're so antiquated. So, the days of just saying, you know, that's just the car business, I mean, we, we can't afford to do that any longer. That way of thinking really has got us into the pickle that we're in today. So we need to evolve on that front. So I challenge you to look differently at your business and begin to go down this culture cleansing road. I mean, we cannot, uh, I repeat, cannot let short-term goals get in the way of our long-term objectives. So take the time, set down, write a plan, socialize that plan, Get buy-in on that plan all the way to the top, and then go execute that plan and be the one in your store that's responsible uh, for taking it to the next level on the culture front. So, um, you know, as Henry Ford always says, you know, thinking is the hardest work, uh, which is probably why so few people do it. And I really believe that Uh, you need to sit down and write a plan and put on your thinking cap and create something relevant. Uh, that will begin to turn the tide at your store. We're either getting better or we're getting worse. Nobody stays the same. So I challenge you, which one of those will you choose today? Some great strategies on how dealers can increase their employee retention rates to keep their employees engaged and empowered. We appreciate your time today, Chase. Thank you so much for having us. Really appreciate it. Our guest today has been Chase Abbott, Vice President of Sales for Vin Solutions and Dealer Track F&I both part of the Cox Automotive family of brands. For more information about his company, visit vinsolutions.com, dealertrack.com, or coxautoinc.com. Thanks for listening to Auto Success, the podcast. For information about Auto Success, look us up at autosuccessonline.com, where you'll find previous episodes, our blog, online versions of our past issues, and many more success-driven solutions available for free. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions about this show or future shows, email us at podcast at autosuccessonline.com. Now make it a successful day.